Welcome to Context, the podcast from Arizona State University's Construction Technologies class, giving you an inside look into the backgrounds and theories of the subjects covered in this course. Con 453, welcome to another episode of Context. This is episode 20, where we're going to be focusing on safety and uh, incorporating safety into our projects and leveraging technology to support our safety endeavors over the delivery of our projects. And today, um, you know, certainly it, I always enjoy the, the company of Steve as we do these podcasts, and I'm joined by Steve yet again, but we're also um, benefiting from the, the presence of Karan. So, Steve, Karan, hi, how are you guys doing? Hey. Glad to be here, Karan. I'm glad. I'm glad you're here too. I think all, all the students always see you in the lab setting where you've got a computer uh, sort of screen up in front of you. It's nice to talk uh, a little research or other items today that are maybe a little more exciting. Yeah, more exciting and going beyond just editing the podcast. It's fun to be on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. So yeah, for those of you, um, I guess there is no reason for you to have known before. Steve, I think we need to start editing our podcast and kind of inclu- including a little kind of, um, you know, giving props to Karan for all the editing work he does behind the scenes. He's the, the man behind the curtain. Yeah. Helps us to sound uh, professional. Well, and Kieran for that intro and outro, Boom. right? It's, this whole thing is a finely oiled machine. We've got, we've got uh, a, bunch of, a bunch of folks involved in this. Yeah, do not be mystified. This is not Steve and I and our prowess. We are I think the, uh, none of them we were giving us that credit. Supported. They all knew some someone else had to be uh, <laughs> at play. I don't think oh. any would have said we could have handled this on our own. <laughs> this is why you're so good for, for this group, Steve. You help keep us humble, man. So what are we talking about? Yeah, let's let's awesome. dive in. Let's dive in. Let's get into the fun. So again, today we're talking about safety and, and uh, incorporating safety into our projects and, and where te- technology can benefit that effort. So um, as we get ready for this conversation in class, we're actually going to be joined by um, an industry professional who's been working um, darn near his entire career in safety. And uh, for those of you who are more in the civil side of things, you're going to love him. Um, So this is Mitch Transtrom. He is a safety director for um, Mortensen's Arizona Business. And um, you might be saying, well, Chase, hold on. I thought you guys didn't do much civil. And you're right to a degree um, in our Arizona office. We, we don't. Um, but Mitch's background is actually in the mining business. That's where he came out of is uh, those areas. So any of you who've been in those spaces and you're familiar with MSHA, you think OSHA's uh, a tough regulatory entity. Go spend a time on, on an MSHA job and you'll realize that OSHA's a walk in the park. <laughs> so, um, so Mitch is definitely a, a fantastic uh, guest to have come join us that brings a depth and a breadth of experience um, that I would argue is is very singular in our industry. So um, as Mitch joins us, you know, he's going to be talking through a handful of different things. Um, first and foremost, you know, and I don't want to spill the beans too much on his content, but he's going to be talking about an important shift that we're trying to make in the industry where we um, kind of change our focus from um, safe acts to safe behaviors. And that's an important distinguishment and that I'll let Mitch dive into further. Um, and if you haven't yet been introduced to it, he'll talk to you about the hierarchy of controls. And that's another kind of quick little Easter egg or teaser that I want to put out there for you um, as we start to think about Mitch and what he's going to be talking about. But 
these two ideas are going to be fundamental to the conversation um, over the course of our time together with Mitch is this whole idea about how do we start introducing safe behaviors and how do we engineer, engineer out unsafe conditions. Um, and with those two kind of lenses, if you will, how might we make greater progress as an industry on this journey towards um, zero injuries? Um, <clears throat> so hopefully that kind of wets the whistle, as it were, um, and prepares you for, for the conversation and maybe gives you something different to think about. Um, but without further ado, um, you know, I, as you all know, Steve and, and Karan, in addition to their day jobs um, teaching, um, they have a, a, an additional day job that's around the researching, and they're doing some really interesting stuff um, in the space of safety research. But, you know, again, to, to maybe kind of set the stage for them, it's not just that, oh my gosh, this is so interesting, or this is so cool. There is a fundamental problem that they'll outline that is very, very real as we talk about safety training, um, where there is a, a, a great opportunity for technology to come in and help to solve that problem. So with that as a, a stage setter, Steve, I'll flip it to you and Karan to maybe outline a little about what you guys are doing and how it um, nests very appropriately with this conversation with Mitch. Sure. Yeah. So, so I mean, the, the quick spoiler is it's the same thing you've all heard all semester. Let's fail and BIM. With safety, failure costs a heck of a lot. It's not just schedule. It's not just dollars. That's a, that's a life. That's a family. That's a maybe a career, even if a life's not lost and it's just a, a career. And this is cost is way bigger there. We want to fail and BIM. So you, you've heard this before. Um, so I'm going to talk about the research that we're doing. Uh, and I'll start by sort of saying I'm wearing a little bit of a different hat than most of the what you're used to seeing me wear as sort of the the, the teacher capacity, right? Because the other half of my life, as Chase said, is is research. So um, I'll talk about the project. I just also want to mention to those of you, I think sometimes in academia, people like myself don't do a good job of saying research is also a viable career path. If you find you hear this and you say, oh, this wasn't a waste of my time. I'm, I'm deeply interested in this. Um, shoot me a note. Let's chat. I, when I was in your shoes, I didn't really want to be an academic, right? I kind of fell into this path. I love it, but it wasn't my plan. So I'm only bringing this up to say, if any of this resonates with you, um, shoot me a note. If it doesn't, you can you know skip ahead 15 seconds until we're done talking. <laughs> so here's the concept. When I was first teaching um, at ASU, we would do the Dell Web safety days, right? As we still do. And so we would have someone come into the classroom and, and, you know, even more six years ago or seven years ago when I was starting up, I looked young and unqualified to be in the position I was in, right? And so someone came into the room with salty hair and, and you know, more years of experience than I and all this. And, uh, and it doesn't, I don't remember what the guy's name was. It doesn't matter. He said to the students in the front of the room, you know, when I was in your shoes, I didn't care about safety until Bill, and he tells the story of Bill, and you hear about how Bill got crushed, and Bill never left the site, the site alive again, and, and you just, it's like it stabs you in the heart of just emotions of, oh my God, what happened to Bill? And when the guy left, I found myself saying, well, that'll teach the students, you know. And next semester, we had um, safety days, and, and someone else came in, and this time, the speaker, she had more salty hair than I did, and she said, you know, when I was in your shoes, I didn't care about safety until uh, Tom, and then it's the story of Tom. This goes on for a couple semesters, and I keep hearing the, a similar theme. When I was in your shoes, I didn't care about safety until a terrible thing happened. And I found myself saying, well, I, th I think you've, you've kind of undermined your own point. You didn't care about this thing that you knew existed until a horrible thing happened, right? Why would our students then care, right? You all know texting while driving is not safe. 
Do you text while driving? Probably a couple of you are going to be honest and say, I've done it, right? And so the point I'm getting at here is we cannot afford to wait until everyone in our industry has seen or sustained an injury in real life firsthand. It's wildly unethical, but even ethics aside temporarily, it's it's hugely impractical too. We, we can't afford to have that kind of um, lessons in place to teach safety. So problem established, we'd like to save lives. So going back to my, my sort of running philosophy, my aim is to fail in BIM. What we're looking to do is make a virtual reality construction safety training environment. This is not new. Many people have done this in the past. But we're trying to make the impacts of it more real. What most researchers have done out there is to have people walk through a virtual site and they say, can you go find hazards? Almost like when you were a kid and you played Where's Waldo, right? There's a hazard, there's a hazard, there's a hazard. Uh, and at the end of it, you get some kind of report card, and it says you found nine out of 10. Congratulations. But all of these studies are kind of under uh, undergirded or, or assumed that by finding these hazards in virtual reality, it will somehow translate to your changed behavior in reality. I question that because in the same way you already know texting while driving is not safe, and in the same way you know that and yet you text while driving because you got to let your, your husband or wife know, pick up some milk or whatever was more important where you texted while driving, you know you shouldn't do it. You can answer the question correctly in a virtual environment or some kind of training. But what happens in reality? What we are looking to do is make a more realistic version, and this is where we're using uh, virtual reality and haptic feedback. And the kind of analogy I like to make here is imagine for a moment that you were watching kind of a scary movie, right? What we want to simulate is the real response you have. Now, if you're watching a scary movie, you might get scared from it. If you're watching a scary movie in a dark room where you really are kind of absorbed in the vision of the movie, you might get a little more scared. If you're watching the scary movie in a dark room and at the moment the monster jumps out and the bright flash of light shines on its face and the violin shrieks, if at that moment a friend came up behind you and not like painfully, but just suddenly just tapped you on the back, just kind of smacked you quickly on the back, you'd probably leap out of your seat. The point is you've got a bunch of kind of artificial stimuli, a video that's not really real. You've got um, sort of sounds that are just from your speaker. You've got a tap on the back that has nothing to do with the monster's interaction with you. But all of these in conjunction will probably lead to a real psychological response from an artificial set of stimuli. What we want to do is take this approach to, to address what we said at the beginning. When I was in your shoes, I didn't care about safety. But unlike where we said, until a really bad thing happened in reality, we want the really bad thing to only ever happen virtually. No one gets hurt. Everyone goes home to see their families. But the learning sticks. So we've got some pretty, um, what we think are fun strategies to target this. So Karan, maybe talk through how are you actually building this environment? What are the strategies you're doing to make this work? Yeah, so going back to trying to recreate these injuries or recreate these emotional experiences that, you know, people remember of their friend getting into, into an accident or suffering an injury. What we're trying to do is using VR to build really immersive 3D models. Uh, now, a lot of lot of you have already experienced SketchUp modeling in, in the lab sessions. So what we started off with was developing simple 3D models in SketchUp and then uh, Im improving those 3D models in more elaborate game development softwares like Unity, where now you can add realistic textures, like the ground looks more real and the construction workers look more real. In addition to that, as Dr. A. said, we are also using haptic feedback. And now what that lets you do is, if you are all aware of VR systems, you get immersed visually 
and in auditorily. So you can wear really good headphones and your VR system can be of very high resolution, but you can't really feel things in the virtual world. And which is a constant reminder, you know, that you're in this realistic looking environment, but this is still not real because, you know, I obviously can't feel things. Now that's where haptic is helpful. Now you can actually feel things and feel uh, consequences of things like a, a big equipment goes by you, you can feel the vibrations of that equipment. Uh, you can also using some other technologies feel temperature in these virtual environments. So we are using haptic feedback to create a more immersive, realistic environment. And then uh, in addition to that, we are also paying attention to how we animate these construction workers on in the virtual environment using motion capture technologies and some really interesting technologies to make the environment as real as possible. So yeah, uh, if there's if, if any of you are interested, also I'd love to brainstorm about this project. So definitely reach out to me, and we can talk a lot more about VR development in general. Yeah. I mean, we love to geek out over this stuff because this is the other half of our jobs in terms of research. But when we're doing research that might actually save a couple lives, it's pretty exciting. And it makes us feel like we're actually doing something that might matter. So if you've just been skipping through all of the research elements because you said, I don't care, I don't care, this is where to stop and re-listen. So the takeaway here again <laughs> goes back to our, our underlying theme that quick, the too, too long didn't read takeaway of this is, when we are doing our research here, we're trying to fail in BIM. We want to save lives by by learning our failures in the virtual environment, which I think translates back to what we're going to cover in class. Awesome. Well, I, I can't endorse uh, the research that Steve and Karan are doing enough. It is absolutely important, important work. Um, and just speaking from a company that not only um, manages construction, but also performs construction ourselves, um, and employs uh, craft team members um, who we want to make sure, you know, obviously we want everyone to go home at night, but maybe, you know, feel a little bit more near and dear to our, to our own craft members. Um, this is something I'm very excited about and looking forward to a day when we can start to introduce it. Um, because this whole idea of a, of a skills cliff is coming. Um, and so, you know, the opportunity to be able to Yes, do exactly what Stephen Cron talked about and help save lives, but also increase um, the ability for individuals to perform work in a safe and effective manner to shorten the duration that it takes for them to get to a skilled position. These are all opportunities that are right in front of us today um, that we need to be acting on. So uh, again, maybe just a little bit more endorsement for you. So as, as, we, as we go to wrap it up, um, thank you, Steve and Karan, both for, for joining and for sharing that perspective and, and your work. Uh, I want to share the, the, the what's next for you. So here, um, I want you to consider that you're in the planning stages, or pre-construction maybe is a way to, to talk about it. Uh, oh, I'll pull it back. You're just planning. You might be in pre-construction. You might be in construction. I want to make sure we keep it generic. Uh, of an office building that's on a postage site, postage stamp site. So anyone who hasn't heard that term before, that essentially means that your building um, essentially is darn near, if not immediately up against your, your site fence. So there's no real wiggle room around. So you're on a posted stamp site in the middle of a dense active campus, right? So um, again, maybe just to kind of frame that visually for you, if you're a visual person like I am, you've got this building that you're building that's going all the way up to the lines of your fence but about that that construction site, there's other buildings. There's people that are walking to them from their cars, walking between other campus buildings. There's a lot of activity happening around, not just in your job site. Okay. 
And so I want you to consider, you know, amongst this crazy environment, which safety incidences might occur both on the site, right? That small little site, but also around the site um, over the delivery of the project, right? So we could be, yes, affecting our construction staff um, and the visiting and participating trade partners, but we may also be impacting the, the workers that are um, doing work in this campus that are, you know, maybe they're financial analysts, maybe they're insurance agents, maybe they're goodness knows any other number of roles, right? So um, you could be affecting locally within your site or around your site. Which technological solutions might you introduce into the project to help anticipate and resolve the potential safety incidences? So I know I gave a lot of explanation in there, so I'll give it one more time more concisely. I want you to consider that you're planning for an office building on a posted stamp site in the middle of a dense active campus. Consider which safety incidences may occur both on the site and around the site over the delivery of the project. Which, technical, which technological solutions might you introduce into the project to help anticipate and resolve the potential safety incidences? We hope that gave you some context. Have a good night.